Welcome back to the Off the Bar Podcast. My name is Ben. I'm joined by Brandon today. And we're going to be talking about the NBA's awards. So we're going to get just right into it, actually. Right. Uh, so let's talk about Executive of the Year. Brandon, what are your thoughts? Uh, so Executive of the Year, uh, I think, really goes down to how their offseason has played out. I think it's going to now have the fact of pre-bubble and post-bubble. Uh, given the fact that if their team could withstand pre- and post-bubble... I'm going to give it to Sam Presti of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I definitely feel like he's built a team around Chris Paul and, and adding additional young pieces like a Shy Gildas Alexander, you know, add, trying to incorporate more of Mohamed uh, Diallo, Diallo. Definitely uh, having Steven Adams have a good year, adding Gallinari. And I feel like, yeah, they're a surprise team, and you can chalk it up to the leadership of Chris Paul. And the uh, coaching of Billy Donovan, I think it's also attribute. It's be attributed to the fact that they got seven first round picks for Paul George, and I think that's pretty incredible given the fact that you know, and they still have a pretty good roster around them. And I think they even got more, or they got a few from the Russell Westbrook trade, or they swapped picks from the from the Russell Westbrook trade. And given the fact that they've lost icon an Oklahoma City icon. Pretty much since James Harden leaving, like it's and they've seen their roster rotate and all that kind of stuff and you know seeing trades that worked and that didn't work. Uh, looking at the Oladipo and Sabonis trade in particular, I think it's just fair to say that you know, Sam Presti kind of won this offseason and kind of you know made a bounce back in terms of Oklahoma City's production and what they'd be able to do on the court as well as looking ahead in the future, and I think it's definitely Brian in Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, do you think there's another candidate? Because personally, I think the World Hunter has to be talked about here. I think Pat Riley, to get uh, an all-star in the team uh, for probably the seven cents he found in his car that morning, Right. he deserves to be talked about, especially at the end where he swings a trade for Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala. Now, Andre Iguodala has had an impact. Don't forget about Solomon Hill. Well, I'm going to forget about Solomon I want to forget about Solomon Hill. Okay. But, uh, you know, he swings that trade, and Andre Iguodala, even though he hasn't had the stats, he's had a pretty good, like, his, his plus-minus has been really good. Jay Crowder's come off the bench and been a really good rotation player. Do you think there's any chance that he wins it? Yeah, I think so, too. I think if you looked at how he's been able to turn around a cap-strapped Miami Heat team, um, definitely getting rid of some uh, locker room toxic and Hassan Whiteside and bringing in pieces like a Jimmy Butler, uh, Tyler Hero, a Kendrick Nunn. The, and, you know, you alluded to the trade earlier. Uh, I believe that, yeah, Pat Riley, it, you could make a case for Pat Riley or Annie Ellisberg. Uh, one of those two, uh, to win executive of the year uh, for sure, just because now Miami are in pole position to be a contender. I feel like not only in this free agency, which we know hasn't really been, you know, isn't really as exciting as 2021's, but, right. you know, there's still a couple players, maybe like an Anthony Davis that, you know. They could take a shot at. They could take a, sh- like, a like okay. if, if, the, if we're alluding to Moby Dick, it would basically be like yeeting the spear <laughs> at the whale, all right? That Pat Riley's Captain Ahab, and he's just yeeting that spear, that harpoon, <laughs> from like far out <laughs> yeah. to hit Anthony Davis. 
But, yeah, I think there could be a case for Pat Riley for sure just because you add an all-star in Jimmy Butler and you had another all-star in Bam Adebayo and you also uh, bring in all these players and Miami now do believe that they can start becoming one of those serious teams in the East again uh, right. post-Big 3. And definitely, my, and, I, and there's definitely a case for Miami to at least be in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Yeah, and I think another thing we have to talk about is the fact of, you know, you mentioned they were cash-strapped. Now they have, I believe, $30 million. They have, they, um, they do have some cap flexibility because they won't have, you know, they have players on rookie deals and they have players that aren't on big contracts as of yet that's going to change in 2021 because they're going to have to pay a, Ken, uh, not Kendrick, no, a Duncan Robinson. They're going to have to pay uh, Bam Adebayo. Uh, this year, they're going to have to decide whether or not to keep Jay Crowder. You know, they do have some flexibility with Iguodala's contract uh, just because it is a team option so that they can move away from it. I believe Solomon Hill's off the books after this year as well. So it's definitely noteworthy to uh, pay attention to what Miami's able to do. And again, Ty- if you get the same level of productivity from a Tyler Hero uh, who's on a rookie deal, I think, honestly, like you, Miami will definitely be a big contender. We've also seen them linked to Giannis and uh, Oladipo, Bradley Beal, you know, players that could do fit uh, Miami's roster and Miami system and definitely will be able to take them to the next step. I think let's move on to coach of the year. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, and I'm going to just say, I think it has to be Nick Nurse. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. I, I think Nick Nurse for, like, especially losing Kawhi and yeah. being able to run their offense through Pascal Siakam and still having some maintainability with Serge and Mark uh, dealing with injuries. Uh, and again, with losing Kawhi, it's, it's definitely been a surprise. I definitely had them lower in my standings than... How they've turned out to be this year. How they year. turn out to be for sure this year. I definitely believe you could, again, if we're going to go back to executive year, uh, we definitely could, you know... Uh, throw, Even throw in Masai Ujiri, yeah. Well, yeah, Messer Giri for kind of uh, trying to still build a team post Kawhi, and then you know, again, I attributed a um, Billy Donovan for being able to coach Oklahoma to being one of the surprise teams this year. Uh, again, Eric Spolstra, like yeah. you mentioned, uh, um, Eric Spolstra. I think uh, Taylor Jen- uh, Jenkins from Memphis is also another good shout. Again, I think. You have to look at Mike Boonerhoser again, maybe a Frank Vogel for uh, definitely maybe a Doc Rivers just because there are big names and they also have been able to, you know, kind of lead their teams as well. Um, yeah, that uh, maybe even a Rick Carlisle if you want to throw his name out there. But for sure, I, I think uh, Nick Nurse is definitely, is no, it should be, uh, coach of the year. Yeah, almost without question, I think. Right. Uh, so let's move on to rookie of the year. Right. And I want to start start talking about this first. It's going to be John Moran, but I don't think it should be even close to uh, Zion. I know Zion's had an impact. Sport. He played fourteen games. Right. Yes. I. There's no way. I think Kendrick Nunn probably has a better shot than Zion. Uh, and I know that the turnaround yeah. has been immense, and he's played insanely well. But he's played fourteen games. Right, and I think it's just been the hype around Zion. I think a lot of people 
are still basing their belief on the hype of Zion. And yes, has he been tremendous those games that he's the few games that he's played? Yes. And will it be Ja Morant? Absolutely. Just because uh Ja Morant has I think almost single handedly led not single handedly, but he has had some help leading a Memphis team to an A seed. Um you know, alongside uh, Brandon Clark and just being able to really show that Memphis is going past that grit and grind era to now more of a pace and space and a definitely a more fluid offense besides a Zach Randolph and a Mike uh, a Mike Conley and a Marcus Hall really trying to bully people in the paint. I think it's also... I think you, yes, uh, and yes, it's going to come off with a little bit of bias that, yes, um, Kendrick Nunn should be in that discussion as well. I mean, he's been killing it for an undrafted rookie. Right. I think a lot of people didn't really expect this out of Kendrick Nunn. I think I think people first turned their eyes to Kendrick Nunn, obviously in the summer league, and especially that preseason game where he dropped 40 against the Rockets. Right. I definitely believe that Kendrick Nunn is going to be a good is going to be an offensive factor for the Miami Heat later down the road in his career. I just it's going to have to be jaw if you asked me at the beginning of the season and if you asked I think if you asked up until maybe the midway point of the season before the All-Star break and even a little bit or before the All-Star break, I would have said Kendrick just for the right. fact that uh, he's he was killing it, you know, he could go he's off he's He's averaging what like fifteen, sixteen a game, but he could go off for twenty plus. Yeah, and he had one of the quietest thirty six points games I've ever seen. Right, I think you can, but I think once Jaw really took it up a notch, I think, and people started noticing Jaw and what he's been able to do with the Memphis Grizzlies. I think for sure it goes to Jaw Morant, and again with Zion, not to knock him, but there should, but I think there's still the hype and of the phenom that could be Zion, right? Yeah, and. I still feel like the media are still pushing that narrative. Oh, this is Zion. This is going to be the next best thing. This is going to be the next Jordan, the next LeBron, the next Bird. You know, the next one up. Yeah. Right. They're going. It's the next person that it's going to take the mantle of face of the NBA, and I still believe that that's throwing a little bit of a factor in there as well. Um, you want to move on to sixth man of the year? Yeah, and I think. I know I've said this kind of before, and not before, but off the podcast. It seems to be almost every year that it's Lou Williams is to lose, but he has good competition this year. Right, and I definitely think if you look at maybe a Dennis Schroeder from Oklahoma, uh, Montrezl Harrell, yeah, as another one, as another one that's been also thrown around. Lou Williams is definitely, you know, uh, obviously a, con- a contender. Uh, I think another one should be Goran Dragic. Yeah. Uh, for sure, he's been averaging sixteen points per game coming and, off the bench, and honestly, I think he's been uh, a key reason as to why Miami has been able to be as successful as he is because they he's providing that spark off the bench, and also in close games as well, uh, being able to provide that veteran leadership. You know, he wasn't a one-time All Star with the Miami Heat, and I definitely believe that he has been a big factor as to why. I think another one. Could be Derrick Rose. I th- um, I'm trying to think who else. But those guys, I really... I do I do believe it could be Goron. Uh, but I, but it's definitely Lou Williams to lose. Yeah. 
I think it's always been Lou Williams to lose. I think there was a shout last year that when he wanted that Dwayne Wade should have got it, but no, it's yeah, it's going to be Lou Williams to lose yeah. all the time. Uh, moving on, I think we're now going to talk about something that may be a little biased to us. Most improved player. Right. Now, let me explain to you why it's not Brandon Ingram or why it's not um, why it's not Luka Doncic. Most improved player means also the hype around the player. Brandon Ingram didn't have a bad season last year. He wasn't terrible. Saint, Luka Doncic was one of the greatest players last year. Was in top 15 last year. Right. So... You're going to take those two into consideration. Brandon Ingram didn't have a bad year last year, but he had to play with LeBron, and they play in basically the same kind of... They, they play were, both small forward. They are playing him at the two, and that's not his position. It's a small forward. He, it's pretty much LeBron took the small forward role from him. Yeah. So, of course he's going to play well when he's in his position, and he's going to be the first guy to shoot. Bam at a bio. <laughs> I know this is, this is total bias, and I don't care if it sounds total bias. Bam at a bio went from... Being the backup to Hassan Whiteside in one season went from being the backup to Hassan Whiteside to being the starter against Hassan Whiteside, not averaging really that much, to a a All Star vote to an All Star, and that wasn't even in contention. Like Bam Adebayo should have been, should be, and and was an All Star. Right. No, he has had a phenomenal year, and I definitely believe. Uh, if Miami, you know, we're in the NBA where now duos are more considered. The norm now, the parody of the NBA. You know, it's J- it, yes, it's Jimmy the first person. It's the first option, yes. But I think we, I think people have realized that Bam is definitely a second option and a second star for the Miami Heat. Um, and I, I have to agree that Bam should get it. Yes, Brandon Ingram went from okay, not really fitting in with the Lakers after LeBron joined, and you know, not really having a good. Like he's had, like his rookie year was all right. His second and third year were uh, were a little bit better, and then this year definitely taken off, averaging like twenty three, twenty four points per game with yeah. the Pelicans. Uh, definitely, it's also the hype with Zion as well. You know, with that like the team on paper looks tremendous. The potential is there, so I can see why Doncic, I believe, could uh, make a contention for it just because. <laughs> You know, he's going from a rookie of the year to a MVP-type level of play. I mean, it's still been a little bit consistent throughout the... Yeah, it wasn't like it was this extreme jump for right. something like an Adebayo. And, and, right, it's not, it, but it's been, you know, it's been a, still a steady incline, and uh, one of the improvements from his game has definitely been able to play off his left hand and play off his uh, non-ball-dominant uh, hand. I think... Another one you have to say is Devontae Graham from the Charlotte Hornets. I, I definitely... He, he went from pretty much not playing at all to, like, now killing it for the Hornets. No, no, and I'm laughing because imagine how bad the year they had. How bad a couple years they've had. And they win an award. I understand he's been incredible for them, but it's like it's almost... Right, and I do believe that uh, record is going to play. Record has always played a factor. That's why uh, Devin Booker didn't get into the All-Star immediately. Right. Records always played a factor in terms of how players get placed and, you know, all NBA teams and all rookie teams and all that kind of stuff and All-Stars for sure. You know, and Devontae Grant, it's unfortunate, but, you know, if he was on, I don't know. Maybe even a middling team. Not right. even... 
like if it he is was C-tier. on Indiana, I think he would get higher voting. Uh, yeah, just because uh, the work that I think the offensive load that he would have taken over for Oladipo's absence, uh, if they haven't, if they didn't sign Brogdon for sure. But yeah, I just I see it as Bam just because the jump that he's had from his rookie year to now. And it, it, it's been incredible, and he, he, he definitely has shown why he is deserving of a big contract extension and definitely as to why he deserves this award. Um, I guess now you want to move on to what's next? I believe it's most valuable player. It is most valuable player. Okay. All right. So let's just look Can't at... I remember if I forgot one. If I forgot one. <laughs> All right. So let's just look at the five that has rounded out. Now, first of all, I want to say, Jimmy Butler doesn't get the respect he deserves. He should be in this five because right. we look, because you look at what most valuable player means. If you take him out of the team, do you really believe that they're that they're going to succeed? If you take Jimmy out of that team, they don't succeed. And I think if you take well, I, they don't succeed to a degree of the, being yeah of being competitive in the East. Do you if you keep him? Obviously, yes. If you put him in a team, he's gonna be great. But yeah, if you take Jimmy out, Miami's still competitive in the East, I believe. So I don't know. I, I just have to disagree with you on that one. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler, uh, definitely should be up there for maybe a couple percentage points, but not t- anything too crazy. No, 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 I know that. I'm I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying. You know the the main kind of change to that team right. was Jimmy Butler. Yeah, you, he comes into the team. I don't think there's anyone that can fill that void on Miami. Yeah, I mean Bam's played well, but he's not aver- He's not. He's not being that glue that holds them together. Right. And that's what I was saying. It wasn't so that they weren't going to be contending. Of course, they're going to still play well, but I'm not. But not to the heights that they played now. Okay. In my opinion, uh, for most imp- uh, mo- uh, most valuable player. Uh, I think a lot of people are looking at Giannis to repeat. I think they're looking at Harden's numbers. I think they're looking at the leadership of Chris Paul. I th- and you know they're looking at Doncic and you know, I think there's maybe a ca- again a case for Jimmy Butler. Or you can make a case for Trey Young, a case for Pascal Siakam, and even for Dame or a Bradley Beal, right? You know, you can make a case for those two. In my opinion, it's got to be LeBron. And why do you say that? It's got to be LeBron. It's just he has, t- in his seventeenth year, he has not. He has put up numbers that honestly are it just are incredible, for the fact that he's doing it at such a high level as well. I mean, yes, it's the bounce back of you didn't make the playoffs. It, you didn't make this playoffs season before, and now you're now you have Anthony Davis. Now you have pieces around you that could work. So now you go ahead, and you're now the one seed in the East, and the West. I'm sorry. Uh, I yeah, you could make that argument. I I'm gonna make that argument that LeBron deserves to get it. He's averaging the most assists he's averaged in his career with ten assists or close to ten assists. He's still averaging, a 24-25 points per game. And he's doing it with a great role of character, uh, with great role of guys, and they definitely, I definitely believe that he deserves it. And it's gonna be if it's gonna be based off a record. Uh, I I just believe that LeBron, I think it's gonna come down to the finals because it, it's probably gonna be a Milwaukee Lakers final, 
And I think it's good if you're gonna say Giannis, it's gonna depend on who wins that final series. Because if Le- if the Lakers win it, it's gonna be LeBron. If Milwaukee wins it, it's gonna be Giannis. Okay, let me ask you this question. This is a genuine question. Who has a better team? I, in terms of overall, in terms of players surrounding the star player. I would still have to say the Lakers over okay. Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, I know Milwaukee has you know Pat Connaughton, the Lopez twins. They had he uh, Giannis has Chris Middleton by his side, Eric Bledsoe, uh, George Hill. I I in my opinion, uh, Dante Davincio, who's finally come into his form. I've been kind of like hyped about that as well. In my opinion. I think the Lakers have a better roster. Anthony Davis, LeBron, uh, Avery Bradley, Rondo, Caruso, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, Danny Green. Much, uh, In my opinion, not that they're much better players, but I feel like they are more suited for that team rather than the other way around. Okay. So you believe that the Lakers have a better team than the Milwaukee Bucks, right? So if you take Giannis out of that team, do they have a chance of win? Do they have a chance of contending in the East? Do they have a, a solid chance of contending in the East, getting out of the East, and getting into the finals? No, uh, Chris Middleton can't. Chris Middleton can't do it on his own, and Eric Bledsoe has uh, declined in uh, production over the over the season. And there was also even trade rumors for him to leave. So, because Mike Budenholzer wasn't happy with his production. So, no. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no. Giannis doesn't. If you take Giannis, it doesn't work. Now, I'm already going to assume your answer to my next question, which would be, is Anthony Davis better than Chris Middleton? Which is an obvious yes. Yes. And no knock to Chris Middleton. Dude's an all-star. He's been playing extremely but, well. But Anthony Davis is a top five player. Yeah. So, to make the case for LeBron is to basically say, yeah, he's had a good season assist-wise, but he has Anthony Davis. Right. He has Danny Green, who, yeah, okay, oh, fine. He's a, he's a streaky shooter, but the guy can shoot. He has a better team around him scoring-wise. He has... I think defensively, too, Dwight Howard has definitely stepped up his numbers. Not towards Orlando Dwight Howard, the freak averages of, like, multiple blocks per game and, you know, 12 plus rebounds a game. Uh, but I definitely feel like JaVale and LeBron, uh, JaVale and Dwight have definitely stepped up defensively and Anthony Davis has always been a force defensively. I think that's always been an obvious uh, candidate. Right. Okay. So using that logic and using the idea behind most valuable player, yes. it has to go to Giannis. And I'm not saying that because Giannis won it this last year and he's played incredibly well this year. Not only is Giannis a arguably the best player in the league. Okay. Not only is Giannis the best. Uh, not only is Giannis the only reason why Milwaukee would ever be contending. Okay. He's also in the race for Defensive Player of the Year, which we didn't talk about, which we'll right. talk about in a little bit. He's also. He's also. He could even make a case that last year he could have he could have gotten most improved, which I don't think. He should even come close to most improved last year, but right. you can make a case for it. He's averaged incredible numbers this year, and yeah. I think 
And to your credit, LeBron does deserve it. He had this massive push at the end of the season, at the end of the season before it stopped, to get that kind of notoriety that he was kind of the, uh, he was he was in that conversation. However, you take Giannis out of that team, and he doesn't, and they don't play well. And I think if you look at, if you look at LeBron's numbers, sure they could probably, like, especially the assists, they probably look better. But the impact that Giannis has had on that team, I think if you take LeBron out. Anthony Davis is going to step up. We've seen that happen in New Orleans, especially when, I mean, they had DeMarcus Cousins, but even when DeMarcus Cousins was out, they still swept, uh, I forgot which team, but they swept the team and they took, I think, Golden State to five or six games. Right. So you could see that someone would step up. I think that team would still probably be good in the in the West. So I think personally it has to go to Giannis. Right, but if you're with that logic, I think you also with the logic of... Uh, you know, all right. You take Trey Young out of the Hawks. Like, are are they contenders? No, but they're not contenders now. That's right, different. Fi- That's... Fine. If you take, I don't know. You take. Actually, no. Boston is a good example. You take Siakam out of Toronto. Are they contenders? Knowing Masai's year, they probably would do some incredible trade. But yeah, it, it it does make that point as well. But you also have to look at the numbers as well. It's not like. Giannis is so far off LeBron's numbers. Right. I mean, if you're also going right, to... If you want to do this again, you, Jokic. If you take Jokic out of Denver. Denver has a good team without Jokic. You think so? Yeah. I mean, Jamal Murray... <laughs> yes. Sorry, I was just thinking about the, the video. Okay, we'll fight cause him a bunch of scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, no, for sure... Uh... <laughs> if they had play on that team, easy, easy championship contenders. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, it, it, listen. If you're gonna go by that logic, you can pretty much say you know take out. I think any team besides the Celtics, you know. But the thing is, would it be? And I know it would be a draft difference. But would it be more of a draft difference to put Giannis on another team than the Bucks than it would for LeBron? Because if you take LeBron off, they're still good. They're still a really good team. Yeah, they're still. On the upper half side of the on the on the table, but I think it just shows that LeBron just makes them better, and I think he, that's also the case for Giannis. But it just shows that LeBron push LeBron has put uh, so much work in, and has shown that he could still kill it, and he could still be dominant. And the fact that he could really push for what a fifth MVP, and to really you know, I, in my opinion, yes, will Giannis win another one? Absolutely. Well, LeBron probably won another one before he retires. Retires, Yes. However, it has to be LeBron this year just because of the fact that he has stepped up the Lakers' level of play. Yes, with acquisitions as well, but also his game. His game. By averaging the 10 assists, by being more productive defensively, by being able to... Uh, uh, being able to be that point forward that he kind of wanted to be last year but couldn't. The f- uh, yes, you put Giannis in that team. Yes, you put you take Giannis out of the Bucks. Are they going to be bad? Yes, I mean not bad. Are they not going to be as competitive as they are now? Absolutely. And I think there was some statistics that show that when Le- when Giannis isn't on the court, it the Bucks aren't as scoring efficient as aren't as more scoring efficient aren't scoring more efficiently when Giannis is on the court, which I think. It, should be the same thing with LeBron, and he, I think it's also given the fact that, listen, LeBron couldn't, yes, LeBron couldn't do it without Anthony Davis. If he, if LeBron went into the same roster at this year as he did last year, 
would he get it? No. But I just believe it has. it's going to go to LeBron just because of the fact that he's leveled his game to another level. While Giannis has... It's been more steady. If you go from last year to this year, it's been a little bit more steady. Sure, defensively, he's been killing it. But LeBron has stepped up his level of play and has transitioned to more of a point forward rather than being you know, the main scorer that we saw him in Cleveland and Miami and then Cleveland again. You know, he doesn't have to be that main scorer. Now he has a second guy. Giannis does have to be that main scorer. And I think it just attributes to the fact that LeBron is, I feel like, is not, is still the more well-rounded athlete. And I think we've seen that as more apparent this year than any other year. And yes, will Giannis be, I, believe, I do believe that Giannis can be that well-rounded athlete. However, LeBron just... Uh, right now takes it to a whole new level and yeah I just believe that's why he's an MVP uh, no I understand that and look it, the fact that it's year 17 and the and the, uh, those pictures like went viral like a couple days ago with the Lakers that they posted as right. you see the fact it's year 17 is gonna go with in his favor yeah I think I mean even if you look at win shares with Giannis it's 10 it's 10.5 to 9.1 in favor of Giannis if you right. look at kind of I'm sure the PER is close, but if you look at just, you know, you talk about it. Le- LeBron last year, and I know LeBron's last year versus LeBron this year is totally different. Right. Because he's finally gotten a break from in from the playoffs. He's been able to rest. But the fact that you have Giannis, who makes the team so much better. So much better. And I think that's different. I know what you might be saying. Well, if you take Jimmy Butler out of the team, they won't be the same thing. If you take uh, Pascal out of the team, they won't be the same team. But it's different when you're talking about a title contender. Do I think Miami's going to contend for the title this year? No. Do I think Toronto's going to contend for the title this year? No. They're, it's different when it comes to a title contender. The fact that one guy makes them from title contenders to probably not even f- top five seed. To, to close, to an ar- to, you can make the argument that they won't be a top five seed in the East. That's the difference. Because if you take LeBron out of that out of that Lakers team, Anthony Davis would step up. You have guys, you have a good bench that would step up. And I'm not saying that there isn't a good bench on the Bucks. I'm saying the fact that Giannis has to be that first scorer, the fact that Giannis has to be that first kind of line of defense, that line of play, the fact that Giannis has been the defensive player of the year, or has been in the in the talk for the defensive player of the year, it, it goes to show how much he's impacted this team. And I think that kind of goes in his favor. And, yeah, look, LeBron, should he deserve another title this year? Yeah, not only a title because they'll probably win this year, but uh, would should he deserve kind of the recognition that he's gotten? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because, but statistically, he's been underpaid by the by the Lakers. But you, you just kind of look at, you just look at the impact that Giannis has on that team. Because... You know, you brought up the Lopez brothers. Robin doesn't do anything. No, not Robin. Brooke doesn't do anything. Robin's fine, the starting center, but he's not, you know... If you go toe-to-toe, I'd probably take JaVale McGee over Robin. Because JaVale McGee has played incredibly well for these past couple of years, especially from where he was. You look at kind of uh, the point guard situation. Eric Bledsoe, I mean, is he better than Rondo and Bradley? Probably. But it's not by that much. You know, I think... If you look at it position by position, the Lakers have a better team. They will probably do better. And yes, LeBron takes them to that championship, uh, that championship side. But the Lakers would still be a good team in the in the West, which is 
known to be incredibly harder than the East. But if you look at Giannis, he take him out of that team. Middleton's not a reliable superstar. And Middleton's a great player, but he's not a reliable first player. He's not of someone that you can go, that's our best player, he's going to lead us to a championship. Giannis is. Giannis is definitely. You look at Anthony Davis as a second guy, I think if he had a good cast around him, he can lead a team to a championship. I think if they if, if the team played to his strengths, they can lead the team to a championship. I think that's the case you make with Giannis. Giannis is the guy that takes him from not contending at all, not even like like 0% chance of contending, to the best team in the league. And I think when you look at LeBron, you look at the Lakers, you go from, they're not really contending as well, but they're sort of there because you have AD, who's a top five player, to straight to uh, second best team in the league. I'm just going to make this one point about the Lakers, and then we're going to move on to Defensive Player of the Year and wrap up the video. In my opinion, the Lakers without LeBron this year, you can aren't a top three seed in the West. I think I think it just goes to show the level of play. I think the Jazz are better without uh, if LeBron wasn't on the Lakers. I think definitely the Clippers and the Nuggets are better. You can even make an a case, you can make a case for the Thunder and the Rockets that the level of play they've been playing at this year. Um, def- uh, I, and my opinion, the Lakers aren't as good of a team without LeBron. And yes, that's kind of proving to your point about Giannis, but I just believe that LeBron just takes them to that next step into that next level and really pushes them into that title contending team. And yes, does Giannis do that the same? Absolutely, but I think it's also about the overall player and about the overall, how they've been overall throughout the season. Has Giannis uh, improved assist-wise? Oh, for sure. Is Giannis probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year? Well, we'll get into that, but I'm just going to let you know. I think yes. <laughs> um, we can wrap the video up here. No. <laughs> no, but I just feel like the Lakers aren't as good of a team without LeBron that I think people are uh, looking at them as. And I feel like um, if it wasn't without LeBron, this could be... Uh, better and this this could be another New Orleans situation for Anthony Davis where he's they're trying to build an okay roster around Anthony Davis you know trying to just fill holes and fill gaps when they can and still trying to be a bit competitive and hopefully playing in the free agency market or in a and tr- hopefully a trade like they try to do with the Marcus Cousins but you know that's all I'm gonna say I think let's move on to um, defensive player of the year. Yes, the most important one because we didn't forget it. We <laughs> made sure that this would be the last one. <laughs> um. So like I said, I think Giannis could win it. Uh, it's probably in most contention to win it. Like, I don't know. Giannis, and I'm getting a little bit tired. Giannis has been killing it defensively. Yeah. I think Bam should be a little bit higher, but yeah, I agree. Giannis, I mean... And I, I hate to pull the PR thing, but there's no way they're going to give it to Rudy Gobert. I mean, and I hate to like pull that PR thing, but there's just no way. He's, especially what's happened, what what he did. I won't say what he did, but he was the first one to do it. He was the one that was making jokes about 
the virus and then he right. gets get it and he gets it. I think yeah, I think it's got to be Giannis this year. I think Bam should probably get a little bit higher just because right. He, I mean, he played Giannis extremely well. He's he's defended every position extremely well. So I think I think personally that's it. I think that's real. But I think it's Giannis is to lose. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, Giannis is averaging close to, hold on, I have the numbers here, 13.7 rebounds, so almost 14 points per game, 2.3 offensive rebounds per game. I think that's just incredible. Uh, one steal and one block per game. So, I like, defensively, he's, I don't think, as efficient as a Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert does offer multiple blocks and probably a little bit more in rebounds. Yeah. However, yeah, I think politically and what's going on with Rudy Gobert, I think it's going to deter him. But I think it's also the fact that, you know, Giannis has been, has, did step up defensively this year for the for the Bucks, being a really anchor, being a good solid anchor when he's on the court for them. And I, I just, yeah, I, I don't think it's a no-brainer. Uh, I think you can throw a Patrick Beverly in there if you wanted to, maybe a Kawhi, <laughs> a Ben Simmons, an Andre Drummond if you wanted to. But I think, honestly, it's going to go down to a... I think it's going to go down to Giannis. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think it's Giannis is really to win. I think it's, yeah. it's really... I mean, you can throw the names in there, but I think that's really it. So, do you want to just go over to make sure that we got everything? So, right. I think executive, you said Sam Presti. I'm going to say Pat Riley right. should win it. Um, Six men, I, we both agree on that it was going to be Lou Williams, Lou, Lou to, Williams lose. to lose. Even though I, there could be, you know, like a Derrick Rose or Goran Dragic that could push to win it. Uh, defensive player of the year, we both said Giannis. Uh, most improved, we both said Bam with a little bit of bias. Rookie of the year. Okay. <laughs> okay. Rookie of the year. We both said Jaw. Um, and we hammered home the fact that Jaw should be the clear cut winner. Right. There shouldn't be any kind of Zion. Oh, he only but yeah. he only played a couple games. He's, yeah. Uh, Jaw's improving it over the year. So. Uh, coach of the year. We both said Nick Nurse. Yeah. I mean, Eric Spolster can be talked in it, but I think Nick Nurse is definitely right. And I feel like Donovan is another one that yeah. you can throw in there. Frank Vogel, some uh, to that degree. And then MVP, this is where we have the big dispute. I said LeBron, you said Giannis. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato, whatever the fuck you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all for listening in. If you like what you heard, uh, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Links will be in the description. Uh, If you want to debate what what we said, if you have any qualms about what we said, if we have any differences, let us know in the comments below. Make sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. We'll be posting... Probably daily, which is like... Maybe even twice a day, because honestly, we got videos out the wazoo. <laughs> uh, but it, again, like what you heard, like, subscribe, and thank you so much for watching. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time.